Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Academy Warriors podcast. My name is Luis, and today we are going to be talking about the importance of higher education, whether you are a high school student trying to go to college or an existing college student that is trying to take the next step and go to grad school, either to get your master's or further on to get a PhD doctorate as well. So today I am actually joined by someone that comes to us from Austin, Texas. She's the host of the Running for Office podcast. Her podcast documents how to run for an office as she begins her journey into politics. It's not your typical political podcast, so you're actually into the real, raw, honest individuals. Check her out on Instagram or Facebook at What Are You Running For or on Twitter at Running For Pod. Her first episode of her running for office actually is going to be released at the end of September. So be on the lookout for that. She went to UT Austin, where she uh, double majored in government and political philosophy. And she is thinking about going to grad school and actually getting two master degrees. So uh, really, really amazing things going on here. So please uh, welcome Claudia Zapata to the podcast. Claudia, how are you doing? Hi, welcome. Thank you. Well, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm doing well. Um, really excited uh, to talk about higher education because it's something that I'm extraordinarily passionate about, like, you know, from the heart. Yeah, I could definitely tell. Uh, I mean, you, you are really uh, trying to really get as many degrees, I think, as, as I am as well. Uh, and so uh, I think it's it's really amazing to be able to talk to someone else who is trying to pursue higher education and trying to learn a little bit more about really anything, right? Yeah, no, I definitely, I, I agree. So I thought we would get started. If you could tell us a little bit more on, on you know, how you went to college, what was your mindset before you went to college and kind of what was your college experience like? Okay, so I'll make this very short because it was a very uh, tipsy-topsy journey uh, to finally ending up at UT Austin. So um, I went to high school in the Rio Grande Valley um, in Mission, Texas, and I had never really been out of the state as far as I can remember. I think I went to Colorado once when I was like six or something, but I don't remember it at all. Um, But for some reason, I had my mindset on, I'm going to go to college out of state. That's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to just go and I'm going to make a name for myself. Um, so that was my attitude going into college. Um, and thankfully, my mother was extremely supportive of this um, because she uh, also had like a very uh, tipsy, topsy-turvy uh, college experience. And so she really valued the college experience, um, which I find that there are some households that don't value it as much as others. Um, But thankfully, my mother was one of those that did. So she was very supportive of me going to college out of state. Uh, So I actually first attended NYU um, in New York, and uh, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I love New York, but then I also hate it. There's a very love-hate relationship with it. Um, And even when I started there, 
Um, I was in a very small program um, that then fed into like their larger liberal arts or college of arts and sciences. Um, And so I still had a very small cohort that I started off with and I really liked it because it felt almost like, you know, like high school, like, cause I pretty much had classes with all the same people and it was, and I enjoyed that part. Um, so that made the transition a little bit easier for me. Um, however, Hurricane Sandy hit New York, um, the time that I was living there. Um, and I lived in downtown Manhattan, which happened to get hit really, really hard by Sandy. So like basically everything around me was underwater and we lost electricity in our dorms and they kicked us out. It was there. Yeah, there was a, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, but eventually um, by the end of my first semester there, I realized that I could not be at NYU anymore, that I needed to be in Texas somewhere closer to home. I don't have to go back to mission per se, but I just have to be somewhere closer to home. Um, so um, I had decided that I was going to leave NYU in December 2012. Um, but by then, a lot of the transfer, like college applications, had already closed. So transferring directly to UT Austin was not an option uh, because the deadline had passed like in October. Um, so I did a semester at St. Edwards University here in Austin. And then I finally transferred to UT Austin, um, which thankfully was my final move. Um, and I really struggled. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, oh, I have two bachelors. I'm the most perfect, you know, example of someone getting a degree. Um, my first semester at UT, I failed all five of my classes. All five of them just straight up failed. One of them was because I just literally never showed up to it and I didn't know that attendance counted. So I had a 94 without ever having gone to class, but just showing up for exams. Um, But attendance mattered. And so each time that you were absent, they took two points off of your total grade. So it brought me down 50 points. And so because of that, I failed the class. Um, which to me is a load of BS because if I can, you know, get an A in your class without ever having to go, like that says something about your class. Um, But uh, yeah, so I I had a rocky start at UT, um, especially being a transfer student because I felt that I didn't get the same community that the freshmen, you know, had started off with uh, because Colleges tend to make a bigger deal when you're a freshman, Um, but when you're a transfer student, they're like, oh, you've done this before. You know, here's a pamphlet off to the world you are now. Um, And they don't really seem to think that you need that same sort of, you know, like hand-holding and like big welcome. Um, And so because of that, I became extremely passionate about transfer students um, and transfer student um, education um, on campus. And so I got really, really involved um, in student government um, where I was the director of an agency. um, And I helped uh, found a um, student org specifically for transfer students. Um, 
And it's just something that I'm extraordinarily passionate about because it doesn't have the, the transition from college to college um, doesn't have to be so difficult. And it's something that colleges should be able to, to fix themselves um, because the tools are there. They just have to put it in place, put the infrastructure in place. Yeah. I was actually a transfer student myself too, but like I didn't really feel that that same uh, treatment, but I would agree that they should treat them uh, like the same because at the end of the day, they're still paying tuition. They're still paying the same amount per unit. It's no different. True. Yes. They didn't give more money to that particular four year. Uh, they, they're giving them half of what they could have given them, but at the same time, they're still uh, a paying student, right? So uh, it's a shame that they would do that, but really good that you decided to take action, right? So they would feel more uh, welcome because I know as a transfer student, it, it is a bit confusing, right? When you're first uh, transferring there because you're trying to figure out, okay, what's going on here? Uh, maybe I want to get involved. Maybe I don't, but I highly recommend you do get involved uh, like uh, uh, Claudia here as well uh, because it's, it's really worth it. But definitely when you are a transfer student, you can feel lost a little bit and and trying to figure out, okay, well, I want to do something, but what can I do? Because I'm not a freshman, so they're not really looking at me to join this, to join that, because I'm almost on my way out, essentially, right? Because you just yeah. have like two years. And so, and um, even as a, you know, even as a transfer student, there's sometimes a big age difference. So like we had two different transfer groups on campus, one for like people aged like 19 to like 24. And then there was another transfer student group that was specifically for people like 25 and above. Um, because there's also, if I were to go to college right now, um, you know, like I pretend like I'm going to enter like as a junior into, into college, um, being 26, one, there's nothing wrong with going to college later. There's absolutely nothing wrong. Just let's get that out of the way right now. Mm -hmm. So if you are 26 and you're barely entering as a freshman, I'm proud of you. You know, you're, that's amazing, super awesome, because it's actually more difficult to do as an adult. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you deserve even more kudos than someone who's just going, you know, straight from high school um, directly to college. Um, and so it is very easy to feel lost and feel out of place and disconnected. Um, but do get involved or look for the other students on campus who are transfer students, you know, that you can easily look up student orgs. There's usually like a directory like online somewhere. Um, and so you can look up, you know, transfer student specific um, organizations um, because you're not alone in that feeling. Yeah, I actually knew, uh, I would say a lot of people that were over 26 and, and they were still getting involved on campus. And yeah, definitely, if you're in that situation, then get involved still. It might be a little bit more difficult, especially if you already have a family, but it doesn't matter how old you are, you should still get involved. It's uh, a lot of fun and you can add it onto your resume as well. But uh, on top of that, you're going to meet a lot of people. Uh, a lot of networking happens uh, with a lot of organizations, clubs. And so don't ever feel ashamed, just like Claudio was saying. Uh, I, I think it is really important, right? Because 
they're making sacrifices uh, to get to this point and deciding to go back to college, which is amazing because they really see the value, right? And pursuing that mm-hmm. higher education. And so uh, seeing them do that is is always really great. And, uh, you know, I came across that a lot in community college because that's where I started at. And it, it's really amazing to see people uh, over 40, over 50, still going back. They still want to get a degree. They still want to learn more. It's it's remarkable. And so if you're in that situation, then go for it. It's never It's never late. Don't let anybody make you feel like you're old to go to college because you're never too old to learn something new. So I think that's, that's one of the things that people should, should understand. And so uh, I wanted to, to go back a little bit to what you were saying. And I know we were talking about this uh, earlier off air uh, about growing up in a community where you heard it from uh, high school counselors, you heard it from uh, other families, from other students, and them really discouraging them to go to college, to pursue higher education. Can you tell us a little bit more of like what kind of things you uh, heard and and maybe also provide maybe some advice to those people that might be going through those situations where they're feeling demotivated to go to college because of a parent or relative or someone from school? Okay, yeah. Uh, So um, growing up in the Rio Grande Valley, Um, It's very much a predominantly Latino community. And along with the Latino community, you know, there's like many fantastic things about, you know, being like a part of like the Latinx peoples. Um, But there's also certain very machismo values and characteristics that can be passed down from generation to generation. And it's like we hinder our own people. And so growing up, um, going to the high school that I did, all of our high school teachers, counselors, you know, the people that are supposed to be helping you apply for college and, you know, helping you secure scholarships and making you excited about going to college and trying to push you to go the furthest that you can, you know, not like physically out of state, but, you know, like just pushing yourself to do more and be more. They did the exact opposite. (laughs) They uh, would talk to us about um, why um, staying home and going to like a trade school was much better um, because we would be making money, you know, right out the gate. Um, And that there was more value in learning a trade than there was in obtaining a degree because the um, market is saturated with people with college degrees. And so they didn't need any more out in the world Um, all the way to no, it's just, that's not what you're meant to do. You're supposed to stay here at home um, and, you know, and help us out um, you know, cause we're your family. You're supposed to be here to help take care of us, um, to family saying, no, like, why would you want to go there? Like you could just do the same thing here, you know, if you wanted to. Um, and that type of discussion, I just think is so toxic because at a time that is so crucial because you really start applying for college your junior year. Um, and so at a time when, when that motivation and helping you 
materialize the dreams that you have that's so crucial at that time and to be surrounded by people who you look up to and turn to for guidance saying oh no don't even bother like no it's not worth it oh if you go out of state you're probably just going to come back home anyways everybody does no one no one lasts out of state um it's just it's such a toxic environment and it angered me like truly truly angered me like i would go home and i would like talk to my mom about it cuz i was just so pissed off um because i was like how can you not want people to shoot for the stars you know like how could you not want that for them um so if you're in a community where you hear you're hearing the same things you know very similar to what i experienced growing up one know that you're not alone and two tell them to go f themselves because you are worth so much more than someone doubting your potential because that's ultimately that's what these adults are doing they're doubting your potential and doubting your capabilities to succeed and I don't know about y'all listening, but I know that nobody is going to tell me that I'm not going to be successful or capable. And so use that passion and use that anger and use it to fuel your motivation to want to aim higher than they could ever possibly imagine. Yeah, no, it's it's unbelievable that people in those positions, uh, especially you know, they're getting paid to help students out in that level in high school and trying to make sure that more high schoolers in the high school go to college, right? Because at the end of the day, I'm sure their success is measured by how many successful applicants get into any college, really. And for them to be doing things like that, it's, it's just, it's unacceptable. And so if you are in that situation, I would say don't be afraid to speak up and go go tell someone. I'm not exactly sure who that person would be. Maybe the principal. I don't know if you would be able to go all the way up there. Um, but just let someone know that this individual is uh, providing this advice because chances are that maybe nobody is really speaking out on that. But if anybody else finds out, I mean, who knows? At least they'll probably get talked to and, and figure out why they're not... Uh, being more supportive because uh, you would think they would be more uh, regardless of what school you go to. uh, Mm -hmm. They should be because there is a lot of uh, scholarship opportunities. Uh, I'm not sure about other states, but uh, here in California too, if if you go to community colleges, uh, if you're low income, you can actually get your full uh, community college uh, time actually paid for um, and apart, or maybe even your full four year after you transfer. So, there are a lot of programs that will actually help you pay uh, most, if not all, of your um, degree program as well. And so I think that message is probably not really delivered to a lot of people. And when it comes to high school, like you said, you have to apply when you're a junior. If you wait until after, it becomes a little more difficult to really transfer or to go to a school that maybe you want to go to or that you probably even have the grades for it. But uh, you're hearing all these uh, mixed messages. And so, yeah, please <laughs> re- report them uh, as soon as possible if you're in that situation. And then on the family note, I, I think, I don't know what, what you think, Claudia, but I-, I think the main key is having one college student uh, 
out of that family to essentially serve as an inspiration to future generations because once you have that first generation student or really that very first uh, person in a family that graduates, uh, doesn't have to be masters, but cool if you keep going further on as well. But just the point that you have a college graduate, I think you see other generations that even if they do get the same message, if they see that student and they see uh, basically how successful they were after they graduated, that person is serving as a big inspiration, especially if they see that maybe they went from uh, being in one situation to now being in this other situation. I think that might overcome the message and that might even uh, change some of those parents, some of those uncles, aunts messages uh, because they're going to see that. And I think yeah. that's really all it takes. And I, I know myself, uh, I'm first uh, generation graduate. Uh, I was actually the first of all my cousins to graduate. Um, oh my gosh. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Good on you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I always try to spread that message to everyone uh, in my family too, that you got to go to college. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, please do ask me. Like, I want to make sure that um, you also pursue higher education. And so uh, I've had a couple of cousins, uh, not, not as many as I wanted to, but at least I do know that there are a couple that have actually asked me questions that I've talked to. I pretty much uh, told them my whole uh, college experience and uh, they've chosen to actually go to college. Uh, one of them is actually going to the same college that I went to. And so I thought that was uh, pretty cool, even though uh, they do live a little bit further than I do from it. And so I don't know if I served as an inspiration there or not, but certainly I'm sure when they saw the school, my name probably came across their head. And so maybe I did. And so uh, I think that's really the main key point here is that once you have that person that everyone can really look up to, then you probably start breaking that stigma. What, what do you think? Do you think that's probably one of the keys to breaking that? I definitely think so. And if you don't have that person, be that person. Um, be that first person to take the leap of faith and just do it, just go for it. Um, and if anything, you know, you seem to have said like, oh, you know, like I, I affected some of my cousins, but maybe not as many as I wanted to even just affecting another person and helping them see like their own potential and capabilities like that's, you've already changed a life. Like, isn't that, that's amazing. You know, like that is phenomenal. And so even if you don't have, you know, a lot of people that look up to you, or if you're not super close with your family, even just being in college with certain students, because there are all college students, I think at one point or another suffer from like a lack of motivation. Like, I think every single one of us hit a spot where we are like, we're just going to drop out. Like, I can't do this. I'm just going to drop out. You know, that's it. Peace out for me. Um, and even then you have to be able to motivate each other. Like as students, you really, really rely upon each other. Um, and so it's, you can, you know, one, create that community yourself within your family and two, be the motivation within your college campus community. Yeah, definitely. Especially during this time, we really need um, a lot of motivation, a lot of students are, uh, I, you know, it goes back to the beginning of everything and, and not just students, but really 
people in general being stuck at home, not being able to to do anything. And so uh, th that really affects you, uh, even if you might not realize it right in college, because you're dealing with a different atmosphere. And especially if you were the kind of person that maybe learned better um, in the classroom, seeing the professor there in person, uh, rather than through a computer, uh, it can really hit you. And so being able to have that motivation and I think one of those things is really thinking that you have that end goal in mind. You can't just uh, let it go because, like you said, we have all been in those moments where we're probably taking a really difficult class and maybe you're maybe close to not passing the class and, and you just start thinking a thousand things, right? Like, am I going to uh, get through this class? If I don't get through this class, uh, I'll be put behind a year, but I still have to pass this class. And so you get that in your head. And before you realize it, you demotivate yourself. And if you don't have someone there to talk to you, to tell you like, hey, I actually went through that myself. Like, it's okay. You're going to get through it. I can help you out. Then it is difficult. But if you push yourself to be that person and just have that inner motivation, understanding that, again, we all basically uh, went through that, then I think that really helps you out. And I think during this time, students just don't have that motivation. And hopefully we can serve as that here <laughs> by uh, talking about it. But I think they really need to hear that from other college students, from alumni like us, because it's really important for them to understand that they can still get through this. This is going to be temporary and you can't set yourself back because of what's going on. Exactly. So I think, and what I'm about to say may or may not be controversial. I don't think it's super <laughs> controversial, but we'll see. The real value of college is not in the degree itself. At least in my personal opinion, it is not within the piece of paper itself. Like, yes, you know, you get a bachelor's at the end of it. You get this certificate, you know, that you can, you know, put on your resume. But the real value of college is the experience. It's everything that happens to you and that you learn and the network that you create, you know, from the time that you begin to the time that you end. That is where the real value is. So for example, um, if you are in an online class right now and you're finding it very difficult to stay motivated because Lord knows it's so easy just to wiggle your mouse around to keep your screen on, you know, but you're not really paying attention or to just kind of zone out or go onto YouTube and watch something while a lecture is being played. Been there, done that. You know, it's super easy to tune, uh, tune out a lecture. Um, but you really have to understand that you are only hurting yourself, not because you're missing the lecture, but because you're missing the opportunity to network and grow and learn from those around you in your class. That is where I found the most valuable lessons um, as far, I mean, some of my classes really, really impacted me, um, but more so, I found that many of my experiences and much of my knowledge comes from other students um, who either pushed my mind to think differently 
um, or they challenged me in a way that I had never been challenged before. Um, or they taught me, you know, like a, a new skill, like, you know, a new personal skill, you know, like how to properly network, how to properly communicate with others, how to lead, how to follow. Um, and so that is where the real value is. So by not participating within your classes, it's not about, the, you know, yes, get good grades. I, you know, I'm, I don't want to sound contradictory here. Yes, good, good grades. Yes, try. But the real, real value and what you'll be missing out on by not attending your online classes is the opportunity to, you know, chat afterwards with your classmates or have like those group studies and whatnot, because that's where all of the, the true value lies. Yeah, no, I, I would agree because you do meet so many people while you're in college. Uh, some classes basically force you to meet people through uh, being in in-class groups. Uh, sometimes you have semester-long projects where you are talking to these people throughout the whole semester. Uh, and so you meet a lot of people that you never know in the future. They might be that person that helps you find your future job. And so um, it is definitely... Uh, really a critical um, element there as well. But yeah, I, I mean, it's in different times, but I think at the end of the day, people need to make sure that you don't lose that motivation because here's the thing, because if you happen to not go to a class or you end up uh, failing a class or maybe you decided to give up on a class, it can really hurt you because, uh, I mean, not only are you going to be a semester off out of uh, not having that class and not being able to graduate when you probably thought you were, but it can get to the point where if you do bad in one semester, you might demotivate yourself so much that you just decide not to even go back to college. And, you know, it, it, it might seem like, well, would that really happen? Especially if you're halfway through uh, finishing or, uh, I mean, might be more easier if like you're starting out, but really at any point it could happen. And there's studies done. There have been um, different uh, studies done on how many people do return to college after maybe doing bad one semester or even skipping a semester, which could easily happen to anyone these days too, if, if you really demotivate yourself. And that can be really dangerous because in your pursuit of getting that higher education, you could lose it out just because you demotivated yourself because of the times and it can really affect, you know, your entire career, right? Your entire goal, which mm -hmm. initially was to do that. And so I think that's something that people really need to think about is that you don't want to just throw the towel and just say like, okay, I'm done with the semester. I don't want to think about the semester because for one, we might not have in-person classes until maybe next fall. Uh, I don't know when, maybe it could be even longer than that. And so people still need to be focused because for one, you probably want to graduate on time. Uh, I don't think you want to stick another semester. And then again, for two, you don't want to fall into that trap where you end up skipping next semester because you just don't want to take online classes. And then before you know it, you just decide, well, I think I'm just going to work and just not go right because it could mm -hmm. really be easy to fall into that trap. And I don't know if you know any people that have done that, but 
I, I've known people that have taken breaks and the break ends up being uh, what seems like eternal. Yeah, a complete departure. No, I, I have experienced that, you know, people who were, you know, even in their junior year, like, you know, middle of the first semester, junior year, you know, so they only have a year and a half left. And I've just been like, I, you know, either can't do this because I just don't want to, or, um, you know, I'm just really struggling right now and I just need to take a break. Um, and so once you take that break, it does become extremely hard to jump back in. Um, it's easy to tell yourself that, oh, you know, I'm just going to jump back in, you know, I'll take the semester off to be able to, you know, just focus on myself and, you know, find that motivation again and then jump back in. Um, but it's actually really, really difficult. Um, not like reapplying just mentally, it's really difficult. Um, because once you start working, your mindset is completely different and you forget actually what it's like to be in college and in classes. Um, however, I do want to, so I graduated a year after I was technically supposed, supposed to graduate. Um, and I do want to say that one, there is nothing wrong with that. Like if you graduating on time is nothing but a societal construct to make you think that you need to finish within a certain amount of time in order to be deemed an acceptable member of society. So if you graduate a year, a year and a half, two years later, who cares? Good on you. You know, you got that degree at the end of the day. So really that's all that matters. Um, and then on top of that, um, I think that there's a lot of students who, when they start struggling, they forget that there's resources on campus to assist you with that. So for example, if you are, if something traumatic is happening in your life or you're, you know, going through like a, a depressive state, um, or your anxiety is running really high, or for example, you broke your ankle. And so it's like super hard to, you know, get around to places, um, or even right now, if you don't have Wi-Fi, because there was a, a year in college where I couldn't afford Wi-Fi, so I didn't have any. So I was going to the library, you know, to, to do my work. Um, there are resources. So, you know, there's like student services, disability services as well that can help. Um, for example, one of these services that I didn't know was available um, was that you can actually have a note taker in your class and they're anonymous. So they don't know who they're taking notes for and you don't know who's taking notes for you. So if you find it really hard to focus, um, you know, because you're, you're going through, you know, something traumatic or difficult, um, even things like that, that you wouldn't even think of are, are possibilities. Um, and so I just, before you give up or throw in the towel, just try. There's, there's so many resources that colleges provide. They don't necessarily market them as well as they could, um, but they do exist. So just give it just one Google search. Just one Google search is all I'm asking of you um, because it surely does make a difference. Oh, yeah, that's news to me. I had no idea that... <laughs> There was a that offered, but it definitely sounds like a good idea because let's face it, I think there are a lot of people that 
maybe aren't good note takers. Uh, I'm not the best note taker myself too, and so I understand. And so it's it's good that there is uh, an option there, but definitely do reach out to your college and figure out what they do have because uh, I do agree with you. Uh, a lot of colleges don't do a good job at marketing all their services, and and so a lot of students don't really know what really is available unless uh, someone tells them. And so uh, th that is definitely a, a good service that they do provide. So beyond, you know, just uh, getting a bachelor's, uh, I know I, I spoke about it earlier. Uh, we, I know you're pursuing two master degrees or you're going to be uh, starting to pursue them here uh, shortly. Um, I went to grad school myself too. I got my MBA uh, about three years ago. And so for all those people that are, I guess, on the fence, really, of whether they should go to grad school or not, keep pursuing that, again, that higher education and keep moving forward. Uh, what would you suggest that they do? Uh, would you suggest that they start planning early or maybe wait off uh, a little bit? One, do you go to grad school? If it's even something that has entered your mind, that means that there is a little part inside of you that wants to go to grad school. Listen to that part of you and just do it. Two, depending on whether you go straight to grad school after you get to, you know your bachelor's and then the next semester you jump into, into grad school or the next year you jump into grad school, that is up to you do whatever feels best for you. So I will be studying Well, I have been studying for the GRE and boy, oh boy, do I suck at science and math <laughs> because it's been so long since I've had to take any required science or math. Um, I have taken three years off. So I've been working for the state of Texas for three years and I, one, am a little hesitant about getting back into the whole college routine um, because I, I forgot how to write. Like, I don't write my notes anymore. Like, when you go to meetings, people just kind of will type up the minutes for you afterwards and then send them to you. So, one, I forgot how to write, guys. Okay, so I need to learn how to write again. Um, and two, I'm a little nervous about whether or not I can balance my work schedule, which is very hectic, um, and my school schedule. Um, but I have noticed that because of the area in which I've worked in, um, which highly has dealt with like recruitment and retention, I understand the importance of having above a bachelor's. Um, because although I was like, oh, I'll have two bachelors, you know, I'll, I'll stand out, you know, I'll, I'll look different from everyone else. Yeah. Right. Like that is, there is still value to a bachelor's. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's a lot of value to a bachelor's degree. Um, however, having a master's, if you're looking to go into like management or be a director or executive someday, going to grad school is going to just give you that extra little oomph that you need. So yes, you can be performing really well in your job, um, you know, and have amazing references and have, you know, amazing products of your work, you know, speak for you. Um, but having a degree 
when you're looking at climbing the ladder, having that that uh, grad level degree is extraordinarily important um, because there are some positions, for example, to where I'm like, um, excuse me, like I could do that in my sleep. However, I would need a master's, you know, minimum required master's in order to do it. And I'm just like, um, are you kidding me? Really? Uh, but that's just kind of the way that the world is. Um, and, you know, that's kind of unfortunate because you would hope that your work could speak louder sometimes than like a degree. And it does to the right people. It will. Um, but even just to get yourself looked at for a job sometimes that degree is just all it takes. And it sounds so trivial. And so really, it sounds really stupid because you're just like, really, I just, I need to, you know, spend that much money and, you know, go through all of that just to even, for someone to even look at me for a position, like, are you kidding me? Um, But it's definitely so much more worth it. And on top of that, um, I have a lot of friends who have already either they're one either in grad school or two have graduated. um, And they just say it's so much different than your regular undergraduate classes, um, because a lot of people have already entered the workforce. And so there's a lot of real world experience that you'll get to hear from and grow from. Um, And that part of it is what excites me and makes it really enticing for me to want to go to grad school. Because trust me, I would not be studying the GRE for fun. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I know what you mean, too. Like, I I could have taken the GRE, but I actually ended up taking the GMAT, which uh, it's a little more uh, intense uh, English-wise in writing. uh, But it's, it's still... You know, I, I guess at the end of the day, they're both still a bit difficult from what I've heard the GRE as well. Uh, but don't get discouraged by them because I know for a second there when I was trying to go to grad school, uh, I heard about the test. I uh, heard about the cost. And once you look at the cost, you almost want to turn back and be like, um, I think I'm going to either change my grad school or uh, maybe I could just stick with the bachelor's for a while. But uh do do check any programs that your school might offer because uh, I was pretty fortunate that I actually applied to a GMAT waiver at my campus uh, after I attended a, a grad school event and I ended up getting the waiver and it was really good because essentially I was saving about I think around like three hundred and fifty dollars which uh, was the cost to take it and so uh, do do check your options because. Uh, schools might actually offer a waiver as well. And even if you don't get the waiver, just make sure that you're as prepared as can be and go for it because nothing worth comes easy. And these tests are there for, like, there's a reason for them to be there. And so if you do good or if you pass it and your school accepts those uh, results, then you're going to feel really good about yourself going in to grad school because uh, I don't know about any other grad schools, but I'm just speaking uh, on behalf of mine. But in my opinion, taking the test was actually more difficult than the classes themselves. Than the actual work. I've heard that so much. (laughs) But that they use that in order to weed out students because it can be, because one, it shows that you have the discipline to study by yourself. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And two, it shows that you have the motivation to actually want to be there. Um, And so that I've just heard that the exam just weeds people out and I'm like, Oh, great. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, I I guess that could be uh, one of the things too, because uh, when you take it, you do kind of question because uh, for example, you know, again, I I went for my MBA, uh, all business courses, of course, and taking this test and taking things like uh, really advanced uh, math, like pre-call, which I had never taken pre-call. And so that was a, really difficult for me uh you start thinking like wait would i even need this because in undergrad i never had anything so complicated like this and so yeah i think it might be for that reason but uh, i would say that people should look at different grad school options because if if you right off the back if you start looking at like a really difficult school like i know i was trying to look at usc there for for a little bit uh, but just to see what other options I had. And because uh, I know they had a, a great business program, but uh, I, I would say look at other schools because if, if you try to look at maybe schools that might uh, seem like you'd want to get a degree from them just purely on the name, which I have my own thing on on a, going to a name school versus no name school. I feel like what matters is that you go get a degree. Don't think about it too much. Um, but if you look at other schools, they are actually going to have different requirements. And so if you really feel like it's going to be really difficult to get like a really good score on it, which again, I'm with you. It was difficult. Um, I had a hard time on that test as well. Uh, but fortunately, uh, my school wasn't as, uh, like picky as maybe other really top schools that would have wanted a perfect score. Um, but look at other schools because they'll be more lenient with their scores or uh, might possibly also be like my school and they'll look at certain sections and certain sections they won't really look at. And so you always want to take a look at that because uh, that might be the difference between you being able to go to grad school and you maybe having to to take a break to study more for that exam to go back and see if you can get into grad school. And so. Um, I would say definitely don't get demotivated and just have uh, different options uh, because, again, the difficult part is taking that entrance exam. Uh, it is a little bit intimidating, and I'll probably eventually uh, do a podcast on my experience when I went to take the MBA because uh, it's you're in a little uh, weird uh, uh, situation of some sort where uh, you're almost checked like you're in an airport um there's a lot of security and uh it's really intimidating even just being there in the room because it's so quiet um but i'd say again check the different schools and and don't get demotivated by that because there's just a lot of options out there and you can't just look at one or two schools you know when you're going to grad school Mm -hmm. because uh it's it would be so easy for yourself to get demotivated if you don't get that score and for you to just uh, throw the towel away and just be like, yeah, I'm good with just the bachelor's, which like you said, it is good, but definitely do look beyond that. If you think you can actually look beyond that, because of course, cost 
also, of course, comes into place. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I was fortunate. My school was actually one of the more cheaper options as well. Um, so again, options, look at different options. Um, but if you think you want it, go for it. It's only going to give you that much more value. And uh, I know some people might say like, well, so-and-so has a bachelor's and look at where they're at. And someone else with a master's, they might be here. But let me tell you that you might think of it that way. I was in that boat that way. Like, don't get me wrong. I had my master's in uh, 2017 and I was still uh, working at a place that I could have probably been working elsewhere with the master's. And then I ended up getting another job, which uh, wasn't a job that I would have gotten even if I didn't have my master's. And so you could feel demotivated initially when you graduate, but if you're patient enough, that right opportunity is going to come. And it's going to be at that point where you're going to realize like it was worth it. I just had to wait a little bit because you can't right away think like, okay, I got a master's degree. I can go get that job now, but eventually it is going to pay off. And I think that's the thing that most people need to think about if they're, like you said, if they're even just considering like, maybe I should go to grad school. Maybe I shouldn't because it's going to pay off in a couple of years. And when you are in that position where it's between you and the other person, there's a good likelihood you're going to get that job. Whereas the other person maybe didn't have a master's degree and they're not going to see that they really wanted to uh, pursue a higher education. And if you think about it, any employer out there, one, someone who has more education, it makes you look even more valuable um, than you would if you hadn't pursued that. And so if you want something that makes you stand out, that is something that you can do. And a lot of people always uh, think, and you probably went through this too, it's a typical college thing to go through, but you always think work experience. Am I going to get that job? because I don't have enough work experience, I'm probably not going to get it. So if you think about it in that sense, if you go and get your master's, you're going to build up your work experience. Uh, you might not get paid what you want to get paid yet. You might have a bachelor's and you might be thinking like, I should get paid more. But if in the meantime, you go to grad school, you get your master's, you're going to build up some work experience. Um, maybe you were in- doing an internship somewhere or uh, doing an entry-level job uh, somewhere where maybe you want to scale up or or maybe go somewhere else. But at least you're going to have that work experience. And by the time that you graduate with your master's, well, now you're going to have everything they're looking for. And it's going to be a matter of time before uh, you get that job that you really want to get. I definitely, no, I, I agree. And I think as far as any degree is concerned, whether it's like your bachelor's, your associates, your master's, your JD, MBA, MPA, whatever it is that you're going to school for, the benefits of the degree, you will not reap those benefits the first, second, sometimes even third year after graduation. The benefits of the degree don't come until later. Um, And that is something that I am learning. Um, forced to learn it because I thought immediately, I was like, oh, I'm valuable. 
I have a degree, I'm valuable. Um, and so I was expecting, you know, to have the marketplace really want me <laughs> and to hire me. Um, and being hired straight out of college is actually somewhat difficult for some of us. Um, and it's not until, you know, years later, you know, three years later to be exact, that I'm understanding like, okay, getting a, a degree and then getting a, you know, a graduate degree, like you're playing the long game. You're not playing the short-term game. You're not just, you know, learning a trade, which immediately you can jump into and start making, you know, like decent amount of money. This is something that you grow into. And so it's when you're in your forties and your fifties, I think that is when the biggest difference comes out. Um, Because on top of that, when you have a degree, you are not only are you more valuable in the sense like your, you know, your intellectual, um, you know, foresight that you take to a job, but you're actually just money wise more valuable. And so you can speak for yourself and say, no, I have this degree and this degree, which is above what you're requiring. So I'm demanding this pay because I know my worth. And having those degrees gives you that tool to be able to say that. Um, and a, it's a starting point in order to be able to like negotiate your pay. Um, and so, like I said earlier, it, you know, it's about the long game. It's like slow and steady wins the race. Uh, and so I, I just really, I hope that when you're talking to, to when you're in high school and you're applying for college or when you're thinking about going to grad school, I hope that whoever you're talking to, I hope they're supportive However, if they're not, understand one, they're right. You could easily not go to college and go to trade school and then, you know, get a, uh, you know, an associate's or something and be making money right out the bat. There, you know, that's, that's the definite truth. However, the long game, the people who learn how to build equity and learn how to make their money work for them understand the importance of having a degree in order to help you do that um, just because it makes you much that much more valuable um, fiscally uh, and I think I wanted to touch on like the financial part the financial aspect of it um, because I I have a lot of student debt <laughs> I have a lot of student loan debt. Um, And whenever I was first applying to college, that was something that everybody, holy hell, everybody was like, are you sure? Because you have to take out loans and student loans are terrible and you're never, ever going to be able to buy anything. You're never going to get a house or a car and you're just going to be in debt forever. And that's all a bunch of BS. That is a lot of BS. So if people are telling you that, then you just shrug it off. You know, you just in one year, out the other. Because, you know, I'm going to be frank. So under my name, I am 46000 in debt. Um, and then my mother had to take out parent plus loans, but I pay those for her because I, you know, she needed to take them out for me. And even though they're under her name, I feel obligated to pay for them. And under her name, I'm at $90,000 in debt. 
So in total, I graduated with about like $130,000, $140,000 in debt, which is a lot. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's That's a lot of money. That is, yeah. Um, and it hurts when I think about it too much. However, I understand that one, there are different loan forgiveness programs that exist. So for example, um, if you work for a government agency or a nonprofit, you can enroll in the public service loan forgiveness, loan forgiveness program. Um, and so after 10 years of me working for the state of Texas, all of my loans, at least under my name, will be forgiven. And I'm on year three. And that actually, those three years came and went pretty quickly. So I'm like, okay, that's not bad. You know, like, so what if I'm having to pay, you know, $100, $150 a month, like, you know, for the next 10 years, like the rest of it's going to be forgiven and it's worth it. Like, are you kidding me? Um, and then two, if you're going to grad school, sometimes your workplace, if you're already at work, will pay for you to go to school. So for example, like the state of Texas has a program to where as long as you've worked for them for at least a year, um, they will pay for you to go to grad school. You just have to promise to work there for, you know, however many years you were in grad school afterwards. Um, so there's different avenues in order to help with that financial side of it. Um, and there's a lot of scholarships. There's literally a scholarship for anything, like anything. I came across a scholarship and it was like, if you're six feet or taller, you know, apply for this. And it was like uh, $2,000, you know, and that makes a huge difference. There's literally scholarships for anything. So all you have to do is just Google search. Like I'm telling you, Google will be your best friend when you're applying for colleges um, and when you're trying to figure out how to balance or whether or not, you know, college is for you. Um, and so I just, I don't want anyone or anything to detour you from becoming the person that you can be and that you're capable of being um, because you deserve to believe in yourself. You deserve to really and truly feel happy and like you're making a difference in the world. Um, you know, no matter how big or small that change might be, um, everything that you do, like, and this is why I think the college experience is so important. Every single person that you meet, you have affected their life in some way, hopefully for the better. Hopefully, you know, you're not just this like flying ball of negative energy, um, but hopefully you've affected someone's life for the better. And so college gives you that opportunity to positively impact people. And that's an amazing thing that we can do. And so college in and of itself is, I think, what helps build our communities and what builds people up to to be more charismatic or compassionate or sympathetic. And those are things that you want instilled not only in yourself, but, you know, in others as well. And so the more people that are educated, like the, you know, better our services are going to be like, you know, health and human services, um, the better that, you know, education will be. Um, so like education reform, that sort of thing. Um, and then the political side of me just has to chime in. That is why voting is so important, um, especially in this election. Um, 
you know, I'm, I won't sugarcoat it. I won't hide it. Uh, I am progressive in case you haven't caught on to that by now. Um, and so I will be voting for Joe Biden and he may not be my first, first choice. He may not be my second, third, fourth, even fifth choice, um, for president. However, what you're voting for is not the person it's the infrastructure that they put in place. That's what you're voting for. And then even in your local and state elections, those are extraordinarily even more important because the census is occurring this year, which means that there's a lot of redistricting going on. And redistricting is how legislators will determine how, how to fund different programs. And so voting for people who are looking out for your best interest and, you know, every other person's best interest as well, especially for underrepresented peoples, um, it's extremely important to vote um, and to register to vote on top of that. So if you haven't done that, you can go to turbovote.org um, and they will assist you in registering to vote no matter which state you're in. Um, so that was my little political plug. <laughs> Kept it short. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. No, it's it is really important, and we are in that time where if you haven't, again, go register before it's uh, too late. But it is really important, and I think maybe a lot of college students don't understand that there's a lot of things that can really affect them. And fortunately, some colleges are, are good about really spreading the voice, like go register to vote. Uh, vote yes, vote no on uh, such and such prop uh, because it really impacts you. I, I know so something similar happened in my campus a couple of years back and they kept telling everyone vote. I don't know if I forgot if it was yes or no, but um, I remember uh, all of us wanting to vote a certain way because tuition was going to go up and who wants that, right? Because, uh, you know, we're already stuck paying a lot in general that nobody wanted to pay more. And I remember them making a big push for it. And fortunately, it didn't go up. Although voting, I think, wasn't too far off, which uh, I was uh, kind of surprised too. But at the same time, it all goes back to, of all the people who voted uh, in favor of that, how many of those people actually did go to college? Because if you went to college and you understand how important it is to uh, have more people going to college, then you probably would have voted no because you understand the pain that everyone is going through, right? With having to mm -hmm. pay their off their student loans, uh, even just in general, just being in college and trying to pay tuition and get food. And if you're living out in a dorm, paying your rent, like there's just a, a lot of things that you have to go through. And so it is really important and it really does impact you uh, financial wise, uh, speaking of financials. And so, uh, yeah. really important that they do that. Um, one last point that I, I was going to say, uh, I think when it comes to finding that motivation sometimes, and, and I've heard it from people as well, uh, when you have a degree and I was in that situation as well, you know, I had my bachelor's and I was still working retail jobs and, uh, you know, people sometimes look at you or even you go through an interview. I was, I was asked, one point in an interview I did already having my master's degree, why I was even applying to that job with that degree, because it just uh, kind of caught him off guard. But 
you sometimes look at others who might already have a degree and especially like we were talking about earlier, getting that inspiration from a family member, uh, possibly a friend who's older than you who already graduated and all that. Um, and then seeing that they get a degree and they're still working at a job that someone who doesn't have a degree could easily get, or even someone who has an associate's degree, even bachelor's and you know, they're competing against someone who has a master's. But what I would say is that people can't feel like, oh, well, because so-and-so has a degree, they're working in that retail job, then they must not really be that valuable. And why do I need to go get a degree, right, if they're working there? And I guess a little bit going back to what you were saying before, it's not easy getting a job right after you graduate. I think a lot of people have that wrong idea, which don't get me wrong, you could get lucky. And if you uh, did get an internship uh, early on and you happen to get a job offer, then that could happen. So I'm not saying like it's impossible, uh, but the reality is uh, sometimes you'll be struggling a little bit to find the job. But if there's something that could make you feel better than um, others is that, and I'm pretty sure this was my case as well, any job that you applied to, there's a good likelihood that they're going to give you that job. It could be a retail job. It could be service job, whatever it might be. You're competing against other people who don't have a degree. You're probably going to get that job. And true, it's not going to be your forever job. It's just to make some money to pay off student loans, to pay off rent, food, whatever. Uh, but you are still going to be above the other person and they are probably going to want to give you the job because uh, for one, they already see that you already went to college. So there might not be any situation with schedules and all that. Um, for two, if it's a retail job, maybe you want to keep growing in that retail environment. So I would say don't close your doors down to that either because mm -hmm. you might feel like I'm stuck in this retail job that anybody can come by and get. But if you really think about it, you could actually keep moving up in that retail job uh, if you have a degree, which a lot, during this time, you'd be surprised. A lot of retail jobs, they do require a degree if you want to get into one of those uh, management roles. And if you keep pushing yourself and if you're like, you know what, I'm going to keep working here. I'm going to keep a close eye out on anything else that pops up because, again, you have a degree now. So you could get more job interviews now than other people. Then it's good because you never know. You might actually end up moving up in that retail job, get to the store manager level. And beyond that, it's up to you. But what I do want to say is that people often look at those management jobs and think like they're probably getting paid. I don't know, probably not that much. You know, it's probably not like how much could they really get paid? But you would be surprised when you hear the salaries of like store managers, which on the outside, it might just look like a retail spot that underpays everyone. But if you really think about it, if you have your degree and you keep moving up in that company, whether it's in that retail location you're at, or it's another retail location that you have to transfer to, to grow, you could get to that position and that degree is going to help you get there. And you're actually going to get paid really decent money. And I think that's something that, people need to understand that it's not all bad if you 
get a job, you're going to get a job thanks to your degree, whether it's what you want or not. And you have to look around and you have to make sure that if you're at a company now, try and grow there. Uh, regardless of whether you stay there or not, if you do happen to get promoted, these are more things that you can keep mentioning and it is going to provide a lot of value to you. But again, going back to the people who are looking at those people, don't look at them like, oh, look at this person. They're there because it is a work in progress and we don't get stuck in that job title for years. Uh, and if you do see someone with a degree get stuck in that job title for years, then uh, that just means that they don't want to pursue anything else. But if you want to pursue something else, if you're insisting in applying to jobs, I think you eventually find your way there too. But I don't know if you've gone through that before where you see people kind of get demotivated to go to college just because they see that someone else hasn't really done anything and maybe it's been years and now they use that person as an, maybe an example why like, oh, look, if you go to college, it's a, it's a waste of time. Yes. And that's like another scare tactic mm -hmm. that I've seen and heard have used so many times, especially growing up in the Valley um, to where they would cherry pick certain people and say, oh, well, look at this person. They went to an Ivy League school and now they're living back here at home. See, like there's actually no real value to it. And it's like jokes on them because, you know, seven years later, this person is, you know, a lecturer at a university, right? So it's like I was saying earlier, it's about the long game. Um, and it's so much more worth it when you play for the long haul. Um, you know, starting off, like, as soon as I graduated, I couldn't get hired for like seven, eight months. And I was an Uber driver, like, and I love talking. So that helped. But you know, I didn't want to be an Uber driver, like I didn't go to college for that. Um, and I did even the first job that I got, it was a temp position with the state. And it was, you know, they desperately needed to hire people. And so they were like, okay, you're in. Like, it really, it wasn't even an interview. They were just kind of like, okay, you start tomorrow. And so even there, I was like, okay, a lot of these people just have like their GEDs and stuff. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. But, you know, this isn't what I imagined myself doing right out of college. Um, but now that I've, I've experienced, you know, like movement, I see like, okay, you know, having this degree actually does afford me different positions, like within, you know, the, this company within, you know, this business. Um, and so really do play for the long haul, ignore what anybody says. If it's not supportive, ignore them. If it's supportive, listen to them. If it's unsupportive, ignore them. Um, and don't be the one to hold yourself back because ultimately you control your life and you will ultimately control your value and your worth and your impact on society. And I honestly believe that we all have this innate desire to want to change lives, right? And to like be this big person. And the only person that can truly stop you from doing that is yourself. Yes, other people, you know, can come in and out of your life and be unsupportive. But in reality, they're not the ones that are going to, you know, 
fail the classes for you. They're not the ones that are going to not show up to the class. Like that's all you're doing. It's on you. Um, And so when you realize that you have that much control over what your future looks like, like I say, just go for it. Just go for it. You know, because what do you have to lose at that point? Um, So really, truly, like, honestly, like I believe in you. I'm sure Luis believes in you as well. So just aim for the stars, guys. Yeah, that's a perfect way to to close this episode with too. Um, again, always be motivated. Um, if you need more motivation, just keep listening to more of our episodes here. And and I think always find that support when you do need it. And thankfully, there's more people that are supportive in this world than uh, all those unsupported people. And so. Uh, always think about that. There's more good people out there that want to see you succeed than those uh, that do not. And if it's someone that's maybe more closer to home that is pushing you away, uh, don't listen to them uh, because you don't want that to be pushing you away because before you realize it, a lot of years are going to go by and you're going to be stuck at a job that you're not gonna like or it might not pay for everything and you might be struggling a bit and then it's at that time when you look back and you might regret you know maybe all those um, advices that you took from someone who clearly wasn't supporting you clearly they were not going to pay for your things in the future and so always think about that because whoever is pushing you away right now they are not going to be paying for your future for anything that you have to uh, pay for and so i think that's that's the worst thing about it is that people don't realize that all these people that are pushing you away are most likely people who either didn't have that opportunity or they're just really negative that they just don't want you there and if it's someone who graduated from college already and they're telling you that then (laughs) First of all, shame on them. But second of all, do not listen to them because it could be easy for one college student to fall into that demotivation uh, zone if they've gone again through years of maybe just working retail, fast food, and they, they just don't see any value in their degree. But you just have to put value in your degree. And again, like Claudia was saying too, like make yourself... Uh, really marketable out there. And trust me, everyone has talents. You might be thinking like, oh, well, I don't really have a talent. You have a talent. And the good thing is that college, higher education helps you discover that talent in you. And you might not believe that, but trust me, you actually do come out of college knowing that you do have a talent and you discovered it one way or another. May have just been one moment in one class that you discover that you really knew a lot about one thing and you feel like you're an expert in one thing. And that's what you didn't know about before. And had you not gone to college, you wouldn't have known of that. And so, well, before we uh, end this episode, uh, Claudia, uh, I know I said it earlier, but I wanted you to also personally invite all of our listeners to listen to your upcoming podcast here that is uh, 
set to be released in uh, what about two weeks from uh, the yes. time we're recording this <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm super excited hopefully y'all tune in hopefully y'all like me enough to tune in so we'll see so <laughs> the podcast is called running for office um and it will be available on spotify apple Podcasts, Castbox, pandora iHeartRadio, basically anything that you use it will be there um, even thinking about YouTube, but I don't know if y'all want to see my face. Um, and as far as social media, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at what are you running for? And on Twitter at running for pod. And thank you so much, Luis, for having me. Yeah, th thank you for uh, being here today. Yeah, please, everyone check it out. I think by the time this comes out, it'll probably just be a matter of days before her first podcast comes out. And again, it's going to be a different twist to a political podcast. And if you're not into politics, I think she's going to get you into politics. So please, that's a good thing. Uh, it's really good for you, as we said earlier, to participate in your local elections and national elections. So please uh, check that out. Once again, uh, thank you, Claudia, and uh, thank you to everyone for listening today. And uh, remember, you can find us on social media at Academy W Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook at Academy Warriors Podcast. So please check us out. Please send us a message if there is another topic that you want us to talk about. And if it's not one topic that either uh, Liz or me could talk about a lot on, we'll bring in a guest like Claudia to um, help guide us in the conversation as well. So again, thank you, 